0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Yeah? Brilliant. Let me just pray before I start. God, I don't take this lightly at all, Lord. I do not take this lightly, God. I thank you for this privilege, Lord. And we thank you for what you've done in our lives to save us, God. And I, I just pray that over the next half an hour, i make much of you, God. God, I pray that I will decrease, God, and you will increase. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Great, so as Phil said I'm Jono, I'm one of the, the youth pastors here alongside my wife Annie and outside of church I have the privilege of having the best job in the entire world I, I run a, a music shop with my business partner Martin who's in here somewhere and you know God is opening some great doors, I believe that that is part of my ministry of, in my secular world as such and I believe it for everyone as well we have this great um, circle around a sphere of influence in our in our normal lives as well as you, if you'd call it that. That's what I do, but who I am, this is who I am. I'm someone who is completely in love with someone called Jesus, and in the middle of so many questions in my life, it was changed by someone called Jesus. When I was a fool, not wise. When I was a fool. When I was stuck in sin. When I saw no way, way out at all, Jesus saved me. And if I could sum up why my life is given over to not just him, but to this church, to, to, to his work, it's that. Yeah, very good. And you know, I can't help but share that. It's good news that we've got, that I carry. Yeah. I'd be the most selfish human being if I kept such good news to myself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where my Bible verse for the morning comes from. Proverbs 11 verse 30 says this. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And the one who is wise saves lives. The one who is wise saves lives. And that's where I felt God take me, and we'll come on to that in a second. But, but first, I've been married for nearly two years, so I felt like I needed to maybe share some of the wisdom that I've collected over the last two years, because two years is so long, right? <laughs> so here's some of the wisdom that I've uh, collected from being married to my lovely wife here, from, from many people. This is the first one. A good marriage is one where each partner secretly suspects they got the better deal. That's me, absolutely. Second one, this is from my granddad who's in this room. My wife dresses to kill, she cooks the same way. Thirdly, what's the best way to get your husband to remember your anniversary? Get married on his birthday. Great wisdom there. And again, An ideal wife is any woman who has an ideal husband. That is, that's for me, isn't it, Annie? Absolutely. Marry a man your own age. As your beauty fades, so will his eyesight. (laughs) And finally, my favourite, marriage is like a walk in the park, Jurassic Park. (laughs) Maybe that'll help some of young couples who might be thinking of getting married or in the future, you don't know, I hope I haven't put you off. I'll come on to it in a second while I've said that, it's not just for some laughs, but Proverbs 4, verse 5 to 7 will come up on the screens. This is our theme verse for wisdom works, this theme that we've got at the moment. Get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. The beginning of wisdom is this: get wisdom. Though it costs all you have, get understanding. And the reason I started with, with marriage is this. I can show you exactly what these verses mean through what, something that every one of us knows, marriage. You see, I've got this from my, my good friend Ben down here. He, he, you see a, a lovely woman across the room. You know that she's the one. You know that she's the one. Ladies, you see a, a man across the room and you think, I'm going to get him. He's got great hair. He's got a straight hairline. He's nice and tanned, and he's tall. Yeah. Complete opposite to me, obviously, Annie, isn't it? <laughs> That's it, you're set. You're getting them if it costs you all you have. Yeah. Bit of practical advice here. You join the welcome team, so you can be the first to see her as she walks in. <laughs> Ladies, you call up your girlfriends and go shopping to Prime Arnie for a new dress. <laughs> you pursue, and you pursue until you get them. You buy the ring... You plan it all out, you get married, the rest is history. Verse 5 says this, get, in, an, in the original language, quana. get wisdom, Quana understanding. And Quana, it, it carries the idea of a commercial transaction, a cost. You see, wisdom and understanding will cost you something, like getting that girl. You've got to go out and, and woo them and pursue them, and it costs you something, but it's so worth it. You don't focus on the cost when it's something, someone you love and it's something that, that benefits you. You do not focus on that. So you're married. You've got the woman, you've got the man. Those married know that how easy it is to become comfortable and to let it slip. You leave the welcoming team and you join the men's ministry or the football small group. The new dress becomes your painting dress. Your belly expands and you cut your hair twice a year and that's just the ladies. (laughs) How many know that for a marriage to stay fresh, we have to keep hold of the things that got us there in the first place? The second half of verse five. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Verse six. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and she will watch over you. It's funny how the writer of Proverbs talks about wisdom and understanding in a she and a her, because once wisdom is pursued and in some senses attained, it must be kept. It must be wooed. It's possible to have it. It's possible to have it and then turn away from it because it comes becomes comfortable. Christians, I want to ask you this morning: Have we lost it? Have we lost wisdom? We have to pursue it, and that is not just it. We have to keep keeping it fresh. We have to be reading books. We have to be getting in the most powerful book in the entire world, this book, the Bible. We have to be uh, joining small groups, speaking to people that are further on in the journey than us. We have to pursue it and keep getting it. The person who wrote uh, Proverbs was a man called Solomon. And Solomon, God gave him the opportunity to have anything he wanted in the entire world, and he asked for wisdom. And the person that wrote this, this this person here, and later on in life, unfortunately, he actually forgot his own words. He lost wisdom and, and a lot of things happened in his life and he lost it, he forgot it and things went wrong. You know, we need to keep pursuing wisdom. So back to my verse for today, Proverbs 11, verse 30, on the screens. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life and the one who is wise saves lives. If you want to go to sleep now, I've got one thing for you to remember. Then you can go to sleep, no problem. It's this. The wisest thing we can ever do is save lives. If you forget everything else, just remember that. The wisest thing we can ever do is save lives. And we will never do what we don't take responsibility for. So, Christians, we have to take responsibility for this that Jesus, uh, He died for us and He told us to go and make disciples. It's our responsibility. We have to take responsibility. You see, I can be as wise as I possibly can in every other area and come to the end of my life without being a tree of life, without saving lives. And as harsh as it sounds, I believe my life has been wasted. Yes, I'll go to heaven. Because I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. And that's the most amazing gift in the entire world. But I'm taking no one with me. That's sad. And the reason it's sad is this. It's not God's dream. It's not God's plan. God's dream is this. From 2 Peter 3 verse 9. This is what he says about us, about you. He is restraining himself on account of you. Holding back the end. This is his dream because he doesn't want anyone lost. He's giving everyone space and time to change. That's God's dream. God's plan. How does he do that? Matthew 28. Therefore, this is speaking to us as Christians. Go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you that's his plan through us what a privilege that is God the maker who made everything in the entire world gives us the privilege of going and making disciples that's his plan and I felt almost on the back as well of what Phil's just said I felt a need to apologise to people if you've ever been told or shown anything different about God that he's out to get you that he's trying to trip you up that he he doesn't love you he he just judges you these are lies complete lies And I really felt God say something. I was writing this in a coffee shop, and I felt God say that somebody who's going to listen to this has been condemned by someone else's words, tethered by someone else's words, in the name of religion. The Bible says complete, complete opposite. It actually says, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So I'm going to tell you the truth right now. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you feel heavy under a burden of religion, Jesus says the opposite. He says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Yes. Yeah. This is so important. If you're going to listen to yeah, good anything, listen to this. Imperfect people give Jesus a bad name under the disguise of religion. Imperfect people, which we all are, give Jesus a bad name under the disguise of religion. You see, Jesus' desire is to know you. As you are today, and he will work everything else out. You know, when I first became a Christian, I was a mess. Thank God that I'm not as much of a mess as I I was then, but I'm still a mess. He works it out as we go along. He doesn't want you to be perfect when you first come to him. His desire is for you to have life. Life in all its fullness. He loves you. He loves you. So how do we live? As a tree of life that saves life, I have one word for you on the screens oikos. Oikos is not a Greek salad, (laughs) it is not a Greek beer. Oikos is the Greek word meaning a household, a house of people. Another word in our language would be another saying would be a sphere of influence. And oikos is throughout the Bible. I've got a few Bible verses here. Firstly, Acts 16, verse 31. They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your oikos. The next verse. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own oikos and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And again, next one, please. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this oikos because this man too is a son of Abraham. That's Zacchaeus, if the small man like me that uh, Jesus spoke to. got two quotes about oikos here, one from a guy called Tom Wolfe. He says, oikos is God's key to the natural and rapid spread of the good news. Ralph Naber says this, your oikos is those you spend at least one hour with every three weeks. Most people have 20 to 30 people in their oikos. Remember what I said about um, wisdom and marriage and you you do all you can to get it and then it kind of, you become comfortable and things retract and it gets smaller and smaller. That's the same with our oikos. When I first became a Christian, all I wanted to do was tell people about Jesus. All I wanted to do was invite them to church, invite them to know the person that has changed my life. But naturally, and that's the key here. I'm not, this is no condemnation at all. But naturally, you become comfortable. I become comfortable and content with the church friends, with the people that we've, we that are good for us, good influencers. Our oikos, oikos are once big, and they become smaller and smaller and smaller. Unless we are intentional, we lose it. We could become a holy huddle, and that's what I, this. That is in the heart of this church. We are not a holy huddle. Our, our pastors do not have a desire for the, just to have a lovely little circle that we're all cuddling each other with. It's to go, as Jesus said in Matthew, it's to go and make disciples. You see, Jesus has given us people in in our lives, our work colleagues, our family members. Those we meet in the pub, those we pass in the street at coffee shops. These are all people that God is putting purposefully in our in our lives, in our oikoses. But to quote my good friend Elliot Stockdale, it will come on the screen here, God opens doors, but it is our job to walk through them. Pastor Elliot Stockdale. It's true. And I just wanted to take a, a, a moment to celebrate two couples that are close to me um, who, who have not lost their oikos. Who are intentional about their oikos, should I say. And one is my mum and dad. My mum and dad have, have never lost their oikos. Whenever you see my parents, they're, they're sitting with or talking with the people who are far from Jesus. They're, the amount of people that they've pointed to Jesus is breathtaking. Yeah. In, our, in our Nottingham campus, um, we're, doing up the, we're doing up the building. It's got a lot of work and my dad is taking an amazing lead on that. And yes. we've, The last two weeks, we've had uh, paint parties and, and ripping down parties and what, as many parties as you want, and the great thing was, there's been three people that have been bought by my mum and dad who do not know Jesus, but they're they're coming along. They've got they've got the heart, they've got the vision. They know what we're trying to do. Uh, they see Jesus in, in th- through what we're doing, and and they're really they're buying into it. You know, with, with this prayer circle that we're going to draw here, we've done one in Nottingham. I saw one. I had to have a little laugh. Uh, one of Mum's friends. She's a big ice hockey fan. And she'd written in, in the middle of the, the circle about how Jesus needs to go and visit the Panthers. And, you know, we laugh about it, but it's, that's so good. It's so good. The oikos, my mum and dad's oikos are, 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 are large and, and, and vast. So, mum and dad. But secondly, my, my mum and dad-in-law, who are actually our pastors, Christian and Caroline. Yeah. You know, you might think that because they work in church all the time, that they have no reach to oikos that their, their oikos is us and only us I've seen it firsthand. that is not the case honestly we, we might be out for a, a meal we might be out for a, a milkshake or a McDonald's and they're intentional about speaking to the person that's serving us or people close by um, they use their their words and their finance to make a difference you know we go to see Isaac sometimes and um, they they buying coffees for the, the coach, not to kind of brown-nose them, but just to, be, just to yeah. kind of o- get their oikos, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And they're so, they're so generous, like I say, with everything. And I just wonder if we could take a moment just to celebrate those two couples. Yeah. Yeah. As I said, we have to be intentional about our oikos, it 's an intentionality it, can't, it will just naturally it will, it will shrink and shrink and shrink, but if we 're intentional it will become wider and wider and wider it 's a fact that seventy, 70 five up to ninety percent of Christians are Christian through an oikos. not through a preach, not through a necessarily an outreach ministry it 's through an oikos, through family, through friends, through people that we do life with and i 've got a few practical points on Uh, how we get our oikosses. So number one, prayer works. Prayer works. A few weeks ago, I had someone on my heart that I I used to spend a lot of time with when I was younger, in my um, probably 18 to 20-year-old. And we did a lot of stuff that we're probably not proud of, and I I think I hurt him a little bit. And I I just felt, I felt him on my heart, and I, I felt like I needed to make amends with that. And I said to Annie, I said, I've really got this person on my heart, I'd love to meet him and I believe God heard that, that conversation as a prayer and the other, d- the other week we were sat in a coffee shop in Nottingham and he was talking and I was listening of course and uh, this this guy, not seen him in five years, walked straight past, so I go over, I grab him, we met for lunch this week and um, we, were, we were able to make, make amends, we were able to laugh together again and you know this guy is actually the first to commit to working from our Nottingham campus workspace, yeah I believe god 's on his on his on his case, yeah, big time, and I honestly think as i i 'm talking now there's people that God is putting on your hearts in your mind who have you got to go and reach out to? people you might have been hurt by or hurt you might have hurt in the past that God is wanting to say, go and make retribution. Go and make reconciliation with them. Go and include them in your oikos. So prayer works. It really does. Secondly, make an impact. God will open a door as we ask him. And it's our job to walk through it, thanks to Pastor Elliot Stockdale. But once we've walked through it, we've got to make an impact. When Annie and I first got married, we we bought our first car together. A lovely red Fiat 500. And our drive is really quite tight. So we were driving in one day, came around the corner, crack. Smashed against the wall, all down the side, gutted. And I went back, and uh, when Annie told me, I went back and had a look. And for some reason, I went straight to the, the wall rather than the car. <laughs> I don't know why, I haven't got a clue. Um, but on the, on the wall, there was, a, there was red paint that had been... Um, that had been left, the mark that had been left by the car. And a couple of weeks later, after we got it all fixed and it died down a little bit, I was thinking that, that is what our life should be like. We should, we, when we make an impact with people, we should leave a mark. Right. Right. Very good. You know the greatest way to leave a mark? One of the ways, should I say, to leave a mark is this, and this is what my, my, my wife does all the time, wherever we go. These You Matter cards that we've been badgering on about, they're so so powerful. You might be thinking, oh, what are they talking about these for? It's just like a business card for a church. No, it isn't. They make a difference. These do, honestly. These leave a mark. You know, if, if you don't know where to start about your oikos, I would just encourage you, grab some of these after the service downstairs. Maybe ask God to release a bit of finance for you. Maybe if you take five, five, five of these, five pounds, and you say, right, I'm going to give these out to people. I'm just going to give them out, five pounds. Random people, people that you, they might be um, you're serving you at a table, they might be cleaning McDonald's. Just go and give them to them. Make an impact then leave a mark. You see, we, can't, we cannot preach and teach people to love Jesus. It can only happen... When it's seen and it's so attractive, it's irresistible. My life is a living testimony of that, a living story of that. I would not, if I would have listened to a preach, I would be like, oh, bored. But when somebody lived a life that was so attractive to me, it, it, it showed something different for me. Yeah. Thirdly, so we've got prayer works make an impact. And thirdly, generosity attracts. Proverbs 19, verse 6 says this. Lots of people flock around a generous person. Oikos. Basically, oikos enlarges when you're generous. If you don't know where to start, if you have no oikos at the moment, just start with being generous. And yes, this means money too. I hear people say, I could be generous without using my my money. Yeah, that's true. But honestly, you can smell a stingy person from a mile off. And I honestly think that it detracts your kind words when you have a tight pocket. Can we be generous with our words, but also with our finance? Sometimes saving someone's life can be as simple as a cup of coffee or a meal. And what about our words? You see, our influence grows when you see in others what they can't see in themselves. I love this quote. A lot of people have gone further than they thought they could because someone else thought they could. I would not be stood on this stage if that if. If it hadn't been for that. You know, this is the person that in my my college years when I tried to speak in front of the class, I'd literally miss the class. I'd pretend that I was ill. I'd get all shaky. I'd become bright red. I'd be sweating. I'd be wanting to... remember the first time I was asked to speak, even at a a youth. I was literally in the toilet on my knees trying to be sick because I was so nervous. But somebody saw something in me. And I'm stood here today because of that. And fourthly... Priorities destroy distractions. And this is so important. This is, for me, a massive one. I can pray. I can determine I'm going to be generous. But then I get caught up in stuff that doesn't matter. I might be sitting in a, a, like I say, in a coffee shop. Or I might be doing work. And I'm so fixed on what I've got to get done that I forget the people that are walking past. The people that that God's actually placing in my life to go and make an impact in and leave a mark. But if we prioritise people, distractions become less. Proverbs 20, verse 4. The slacker does not plough in season. So at harvest time, he looks, but nothing is there. The amount of times that has been the story of my life. I thought, I've got this done, right, where, where can I look now? And there's no one. But actually, while well, I've had my head down, doing something, there's been people going past and going past. and that. It's so important. See, if the enemy can't take us out, it will distract us from what truly matters. And the enemy can't take us out. I feel I need to, even need to say that. When we're a Christian, he cannot take us out. He has no right to. Yeah. Yeah. He has no right to. We're in the family. We are sons and daughters of God. He cannot take you out. But he'll do all he can to distract you. I asked a couple of people that were close to me to just share the story with me. And I knew, I knew it before I, before I said anything. that oikos would be running straight through it. And this is from one of my favorite people is sat somewhere in here alasius over there alasius is someone who always got joy on his face like annie spoke about he's always mixing he's always smiling it's also it's brilliant to see and the person that alasius was to the person he is now honestly it's unreal but this is what he wrote before i started going to church i didn't have many people i could turn to my dad was physically abusive to me and my family and wouldn't allow me to go to church. In fact, he was so anti-church, I had to hide it. When I first started going to church, it was an escape from my dad and I never saw it as a time to know Jesus. I was invited to Arena Students by a friend. It was a really simple invite. Oikos. I believe God really spoke to me at that time and told me, I love you, you aren't alone. I in the middle of this, we were able to leave my abusive dad. And from then on, I've been able to grow with God, bring my mum and sister along, Oikos. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. So now we can grow as a family and slowly break chains and become free. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Oikos is running throughout all of that. And this is, this is the second story and this is from my dad I wouldn't be stood here if it wasn't for my dad and my dad wouldn't be stood here if it wasn't for this man on the front, Chris which I didn't realise until my dad sent it me so I'm going to read this my earliest recollection of a church was being taken to a Sunday school by our neighbour Oikos when I was about six to eight years old but it was when I was 14 that I was challenged by God in an RE class at school Oikos teachers you have an amazing Oikos It was then that my mind was awakened to the possibility of a personal relationship with God. Up to that point, I didn't realise that my best friend at school was going to a church youth group, and he invited me to see what it was like, as a lot of people in the class went on a Friday night. Oikos. It was awful. (laughs) But inwardly, something had been stirred, and I wanted to find out more. Glenn, my friend, Oikos, was a really nice chap and had integrity. I was searching for something but not sure what it was that I was looking for. Glenn answered my questions and stuck in there. I was looking for freedom and searching for meaning because there had to be more to life than this. When I was 16 to 17-ish, I left school and started work. A close family friend of mine, Chris Stockdale, told me they were having music concerts at the Methodist Church in Langley Mill. I was invited so I went with a guy from work. The Pew Shakers were the band I remember most of all. (laughs) And they were a bit rocky and punky. And they enjoyed the music and they sang about Jesus in a way I understood. We even got to Pogo in church. At the end of their set, we were invited forward to meet them and meet Jesus if we wanted. And I went forward to do both. That part of my journey, which is nothing unique, was started... Through casual invitation and everyday conversations with friends and family. It was a drip drip feed of heavenly coincidence leading to a divine appointment that only God could have foreseen. Oikos. And you know what, personally, my life is a result of the power of Oikos too. Summed up really shortly, my life was going nowhere. I was staggering around from pillar to post, searching for something or someone that satisfied. But I found nothing. Until someone lived an attractive, different life around me, Oikos, and another invited me to church. The power of Oikos brought me to Jesus. And I realised, here's what I was searching for all along. Church, The greatest act of friendship is to introduce someone to Jesus. Proverbs 24, verse 11. Rescue those being led away to death. Hold back those staggering towards slaughter. I am so thankful that I was held back and rescued. Church, let's be intentional about saving our oikos. Because we know that the wisest thing we can ever do is save lives. Let's pray.